We're rolling. Oh, we're rolling backwards. Oh, no. No need to panic, Fraser. <laughs> we rolled back into Idaho. Follow me. Ten seconds. Let's look alive. Damn, this foil. You can do it, Fraser. Relax and focus. Three, two, one. Ah, ha, ha. Oh, we made it. Oh, happy New Year, Happy, happy New Year. Well, if you ask me, this beats a dull party. Yeah. Family and good champagne and a blanket of stars. Here, here. Ah. You know what? I think this calls for a song. Should old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind? Should, <laughs> Should old acquaintance be forgot for Hey everybody, it's The Wrestling Life. This is episode 324. Happy New Year to everyone. I'm Liam. I'm Ethan. Happy New Year, everyone. That's right. And uh, Ethan, when I think about the year that was 2022 and all of the polls we have to read off and discuss this week, I just think that there is so much to talk about. Mm, Yes, so many things that we can't talk about. That's right, right here on the first and the only wrestling podcast. So as we do every year now, it's a tradition unlike any other here on the show, Ethan. We uh, we do some polls. I try to break it down with like semifinals where I do multiple polls for one category. So we get a bunch of names. I still forget names and matches <laughs> as evidence when we get to the best match poll. There's like a glaring omission when I was looking back at this that I missed, but... Uh, that's part of the fun sometimes. It's just you pointing out to me ones that should be in here that aren't in there. So uh, we will get into our polls. We have best wrestlers for men and women, best tag team, best talker, best show of the year, and the best match of the year. So as is tradition on these types of shows, I will read a bunch of names, and Ethan will reply with, uh, <laughs> with some affirming... Uh... Mm, yes. There you go. Sounds. Ah. <laughs> so uh we will get right into it here kicking things off with the first category one that ethan will have no strong opinions about it's the best female wrestler of the year what uh we have uh bianca belair uh defeated in the finals she defeated (laughs) and i I try to space this out like i I need to get better at like seeding these polls probably But uh, the semifinals uh, led us to a final of Bianca Belair, Starlight Kid from Stardom, <laughs> uh, Britt Baker, and Liv Morgan. The big four. The big four, as, as you would call them. And uh, Bianca Belair won other people in the category like Becky Lynch, like Siuri, Tony Storm, Taya Valkyrie, Mandy Rose, Camille, Jamie Hayter, Asuka, uh, Jordan Grace, Roxanne Perez, Thunder Rosa. Lots of names. <laughs> 
Uh, Bianca Belair as the best female wrestler of 2022. Yay or nay? Um, she might be the biggest star mm-hmm. out of that group. Um, they do a pretty good job booking her. Um, she didn't do a lot of jobs. Mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. Uh, she held the title the whole year. Uh, did, uh... She won it from Becky at WrestleMania. Yeah, Becky was champion coming into the year. That's right. And Becky went away, and Bianca had no challengers until Becky came back. Yeah. Um. Yeah, not really a problem with that. Like, as far as who had the best, I don't know, star making year. Like, I think there's good. I mean, Britt Baker is presented as the biggest, one of the biggest stars, if not the biggest star in AEW. Mm-hmm. Uh, she gets more promo time than anyone not named John Moxley. Protagonist of the women's division. <laughs> yes. And um, Tony Storm and Jamie Hayter, you could argue in different ways, had really good years. Mm-hmm. Um, Tony had a lot of good matches on TV every, TV every week and was kind of the focus of the division. Uh, after uh, Thunder Rosa fell down an elevator shaft. <laughs> <laughs> was never heard from again. <laughs> She's coming back this year for sure. Yeah, and Jamie Hader um, got herself over organically, and they had no choice but to put the title on her. And uh, I don't... You can maybe argue with the timing, but you could not argue that they eventually... The people had decided that Jamie Hader was their champion, mm-hmm. and and they reacted accordingly. So I I'd have I really don't have wouldn't have a problem with either of those choices either, but Bianca's a fine choice. Yeah, I think in Bianca's case, it does come down to an extent to an extent with strength of opponent, and they did not have a lot for her <laughs> other than Becky, and they did a three way with her and Asuka, and then obviously Bailey came back in in the end of the summer and I didn't, I was underwhelmed by their series of matches. Um, but she's been stuck in like this trios feud with damage control who are largely a jobber stable. Yes. They do a lot of jobs. They do. Uh, So I don't, yeah, I don't know if she was positioned to have a lot of like knockdown drag out classics. Um, and, and to your point, she wasn't even in like a singles feud. So, um, that might be more the the company she works for letting her down, but yeah, I think I think Hater Hater deserves a shot. She had a lot of good hard hitting matches, and as far as like someone that maximized their minutes on television <laughs> comparatively to the time that like someone like Bianca or Becky or or Liv Morgan got this year, I think I think Jamie Hater or Tony Storm would be good shouts too. But uh, hey, overall, the, the, the people really like Liv too. Mm-hmm. There are people that really like her for the wrong reasons. I think. Mm-hmm. I think she they're... looks like a sexy baby. <laughs> Look, I'm just, I'm just. Her gimmick. There's like a music box in her, a lullaby music box in mm-hmm. her, in her entrance music. She, her gimmick is a baby. She's a baby, and then she like has zippers in very suggestive places on all her gear. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, what is your gimmick? Your gimmick is you're a sexy baby. <laughs> like, right. like that. And Before then, that was a line in the very popular Taylor Swift song. <laughs> I, I listened 
to that album all the way through once, by the way. Oh, yeah? Uh, yeah. Just because it's uh, December is the lawless month on Spotify and uh, <laughs> they don't collect data uh, for, for your uh, for your wrapped in uh-huh. December, in December or January, I think. But uh, maybe, maybe it's just December. But uh, anyway, yeah. Uh, but live uh live kind of faded it at the end of the year was my point <laughs> yeah worth noting who wasn't even like a thought in this ball uh ronda rousey who has been champion since the month after wrestlemania bad year bad year for ronda yeah well turns out she has really bad instincts when it comes to pro wrestling mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. uh she works really hard in her matches she works hard mm-hmm not a very uh not not very good at stinks. Shouldn't be a heel. Isn't very good at being a heel. She is both profoundly unlikable in some ways, but also not good at being a heel. It's kind of a fascinating conundrum. Also an extremely natural baby face, yes. <laughs> Fat, yeah, it's it's a bit of a it's, it's, it's a land of contrast. Moving on, yeah, I think overall Bianca solid choice. Not, uh, I don't disagree with it in, uh, in a, at least not strongly enough to uh, to really make a case for somebody else. So from there, we will move on to our best male wrestler of the year, and uh, John Moxley defeated in the finals Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, and Kazuchika Okada. Other people in the various polls we had CM Punk, Will Ospreay. Cody Rhodes, Ron Breaker, uh, Kanosuke Takeshita, Hangman Page, Nick Wayne, Sheamus, Josh Alexander, Speedball Mike Bailey, uh, and Dax Harwood. So John Moxley as the male wrestler of the year. Well, he's pretty over. Mm -hmm. He's real over. I would like to see him have more than one type of match. Okay. I think he has one type of match all the time. And it's good if you're into that. Uh, I would like to see him mix it up once in a while and do something that is not like the bloody brawl match. But hey, he has his tastes. I have mine. Um, You both agree about Never mind. Uh, <laughs> uh, moving right along. He is um, one of the most pushed guys on the second biggest, maybe the most pushed guy on the second biggest wrestling show uh, mm-hmm. in the second biggest wrestling company in the country. So I, it's hard to argue with that, but I, I would just personally would like to see him. Have, have different kinds of matches. Yeah, I would describe him as a he has the case because of the sheer quantity of good television matches that he had this year. This poor guy, they he's wrestling twice a week every week. Yeah, like there and he had a real tough schedule like that. I remember in WWE, uh like him and Cesaro were always like the top two names that wrestled the most dates for them every year. Yeah. And by far, he, I mean, when he was the, the interim champion over the summer, he was basically wrestling on every, 
on every TV. And as you said, they started doing a lot more live rampages this year. Yes. So he'd work the Wednesday and the Friday. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just again, sheer, sheer quantity. I think he has, he has a case. I don't know that anyone had more good matches than him just because of how often he wrestled on TV. And he had, and he had some, you know, some really strong, strong performances, a lot of good promos and stuff along the way. Um, I mean, elsewhere on the list, Roman, Roman wrestles four times a year now. <laughs> right. So like I, he's, he's the biggest star in this poll for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's a, he's a presence when he's on television and he, and you know, he, he and Seth had a good match at the Royal Rumble that had a terrible finish, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I don't, there aren't a lot of in ring performances from Reigns this year. So I understand why he would make it to the finals, but I also understand why he wouldn't win necessarily. Sure. Um, Okada, uh, he had good to great matches with the same people he's been having good to great matches with for a decade now. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, again, we talk about the same sameness of, of Moxley's style. It's like, yeah, he had great matches with Osprey. He had great matches with Naito. He wrestled Shingo a couple times. He wrestled Jay White. Like, all good. Some of them great, but all matches we've seen a lot. So yep, it's hard to, I think, get excited about him in, in that way at this point. And then, yeah, the rest of them, it's kind of a grab bag, a, a name. Sheamus had a really strong second half of the year Seamus becoming a work rate guy in 2022 not something i had on my bingo card yeah pretty wild um and and we'll talk about him a little bit later probably in in the match of the year polls but yeah he had a a really strong second half of the year that unit well him and him and butch (laughs) ridge uh my 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 good friend ridge holland doesn't add a lot to that trio but uh your boy ridge the fridge that's right uh, but uh, he is a uh, but yeah, I think Seamus had a good strong second half of the year. A lot of people sing the praises of Josh Alexander, he wrestles for impact, so I couldn't comment. I've seen him occasionally. Um, punk, I mean, Punk when he was healthy, I mean, he had he had he had the, the dog collar match with MGF. I liked the match with Hangman, I liked the last match he had with Moxley before he uh self destructed. Um, but probably probably not probably an incomplete grade for him as a wrestler of the year candidate. I it's kind of hard for me because I'm always working during AW shows, but, mm-hmm. and so I'm not able to like study the matches mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't, they don't really have a way to easily go back and watch them a second time. Right. Especially the pay-per-view matches. So it's hard for me to really say, I just, I'm always, I was always a little underwhelmed by this run of punk in the ring, but, Maybe maybe that's not fair. I mean, I I don't. Yeah, again, I think it depends on he he developed a style um, that I think was different than his his style in in WWE, and he became more of a gritty gritty vet, a la a kind of a similar style to I think what Moxley works. And um, yeah, like I said, I think he the bloodbath with MJF was really great, but. He did miss a good portion of the year, so I think it it was hard for him to to get there. But yeah, I think like I said, for the, for the sheer quantity of matches he worked, and for being all over these shows, coming off of a you know a very public breakdown where he had gone to rehab, uh, Moxley just came back and hit the ground running and had a had a very good year. So I don't I don't 
have any any problems with him him winning this award. <laughs> he and his wife are also supposed to take eight weeks off, and mm-hmm. instead they're like, actually, we're gonna make you the champion. And we're going to sign your wife and bring her to work with you every week. And also you're the champion and you're going to be wrestling twice a week, every week. Yep. He got the opposite of an eight week vacation. <laughs> Good company, man. <laughs> Clearly. I, I, I hope he's well compensated. That's all I can say. He did sign a new deal this year that included like a path to post wrestling or something. <laughs> Like that he'll have a role and a salary there and ho- hopefully healthcare <laughs> once he's done uh, wrestling full time. Like he, he and Jericho both took on like official coach roles after the elite punk <laughs> incident. Uh, when, when Tony was looking to, sh- to sure up his, uh, his inner circle, I guess. Um, so hopefully he has a path to a, uh, a less bump focused life in the next few years. And, uh, <laughs> and on that note, we'll move on to our third category. <laughs> mm, yes. Being... <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I was waiting. Yeah. That's, how, that's how I know I'm done. Uh, <laughs> we have our third category, which is best tag team. And this is probably the biggest upset, or at least I wasn't expecting them to win. Maybe it's a recency bias thing. Uh, the acclaimed uh, beat the Usos, FTR, and the Young Bucks in the finals. Uh, these these th- those three teams and the acclaimed triumphed over other teams in the semifinals like Aussie Open, uh, Swerve and Keith Lee, the Briscoes, the New Day, my favorite Jeff Cobb and Great O'Conn, uh, Damage Control, Pretty Deadly, my actual favorite. Uh, Motor City Machine Guns, Jurassic Express, uh, and uh, Violent by Design, which I believe is also an impact stable. <laughs> yes, I just great. picked a name. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the acclaimed had a heck of a heck have a heck of a last quarter of 2022, but I don't know if I would necessarily say I would name them the team of the year, but they're the team of the moment for sure. They're really over. They're the most over of all of those teams, I think. I I agree. FDR, as much as that might hurt uh, Bald's feelings, <laughs> I think uh, as much as he came out with a boo boo face when he had to put them over on TV uh, at the at the start of December. I Look, think man, their their contracts are going to be up in the next six months or whatever the. Mm-hmm. It's probably time to start dropping some titles and do some jobs if you're if you're on the way out of the territory. Like I would I would think they would understand this. You'd think. Are, uh, are we sure they're leaving the territory? I'm pretty sure they're leaving the territory. I mean, the more FTR bald suggests they're leaving the territory, <laughs> the less I think they are. That's fair. Because that's the type of guy he seems to be. Yes. But very much, uh, very much so. So uh, the more they hint at it, uh, Bald is starting a podcast now with Conrad, I believe. <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> so uh, you know that seems that does seem to be a nice pathway to get back to WWE if that's what you want to do. Who among us hasn't tried to start a podcast with Conrad this year? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Like I said, I don't. I don't. I don't. I. I feel like the acclaimed were. They came on so strong towards the end of the year. To your point, they are by far the most over of all those 
teams. And they did have good matches. Match with FTR that we just talked about. The three matches with Swerve and Keith Lee were all very good. Um, they did a lot of entertaining TV with the guns. And, and that's the other thing, too. They got really over doing, like, opening match comedy shtick. But then when it was time for them to wrestle for the titles and you maybe would expect the crowd to not be that interested because they weren't doing the haha, the crowd was really into the idea of them ascending. So yeah, maybe that's a credit to them as an act. Even Jim Cornette likes the acclaimed. Wow. <laughs> He's like, yeah, they do silly stuff, but it's like silly stuff within their own, within a serious framework. And when it's time to be serious, they're serious, but it's like, there it's he's uh he's a he's he's and uh he likes the acclaimed and the guns i can see him liking the 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 guns for sure (laughs) (laughs) that's more than fair yeah anyway i was just pointing that out like i I definitely think as a man of the people i see how the people voted for the acclaimed is what i'm saying yeah um usos i don't they've been the champions all year (laughs) They've had a lot of matches. I don't remember any of them. I remember they had one with the Street Profits that went like 45 minutes that I hated that everyone else said was great. Um, but I'm sure they had good matches. Uh, FTR definitely had good matches. They, they, on the other hand, maybe had the, the really great first half of the year. You know, they had that, they had like the Briscoes, that first Briscoes match. And then like four days later, they had that Young Bucks match on TV where those dastardly bucks who refused to put them over, put them over clean uh, <laughs> in the main event of dynamite. Um, and then they, so, I mean, FDR had a strong first half. The bucks were around until something happened around the end of August. I can't quite remember. Um, but they, I mean, they, they briefly to, because the, <laughs> because Jeff Hardy did Jeff Hardy things. Yes. They had to, uh, to, they had to uh, switch the belts from Jurassic Express to them so that they could then lose to uh, to Swerve in our glory a few weeks later. I really liked Swerve and Keith as a team, especially yeah. when uh, we got to see them live when AEW came to Baltimore in uh, in May of this year, I believe. I really enjoyed them as a team. I just thought it was a really cool act. So maybe they'd get my vote just because of the the personal touch of me having gotten to see them live and feeling like I... I really got that act when I saw it live, but uh, yeah, hard to, hard to argue with with the acclaimed. I think as a as a top act and and as the tag team of the year. Yes, yes. <laughs> All right, that means we're done. Um, moving on to category number four, we have the best talker, um, and I think this was kind of a runaway and an obvious winner here. Uh, Sami Zayn in the finals defeated MJF. Eddie Kingston and Kevin Owens. Uh, <laughs> elsewhere, there was uh, in in the categories there was Jay White, Chris Jericho, Pretty Deadly, who might actually be my pick, uh, <laughs> Becky Lynch, Bray Wyatt, Christian Cage, CM Punk, Street Profits, John Moxley, Roman Reigns, Britt Baker, and Cody Rhodes. Uh, Sami Zayn as a talker, or I guess non <laughs> non wrestling performer. I never know quite how to phrase this of the year, but I, I put it as. I think best promos or interviews of the year, and uh, Sammy won. I got uh, like that's fine. He was a good character this year, but to say the Sammy Zane is a better promo than 
who were just the three in the finals there with them? Kevin Owens. Um, uh, Kevin Owens, MJF, and Eddie Kingston. <laughs> I mean, he's not he's not as good a promo as Eddie Kingston or MJF. And it's probably a matter of taste whether you think he's as good of a promo as Kevin Owens or not. So um he's the best character, best promo. No. Nah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's fair. I I love I love me some Cody Rhodes, man. <laughs> the man just refuses to be boring. And uh, even though we didn't miss him for the second half of the year because uh, of the pec injury, he we've talked about and we'll talk about. I oh, know the show, the show airs after that one. We've talked about Cody's weird final promo in AEW uh, recently on the show. And yes. then uh, he was, uh, you know, he was the baby face. He was going to win the world title for his dad because he he's never won a world title and his dad never won well, never won the WWF title. Right. So he wants to win the WWE title for that reason. And, uh, you know, he managed to not be completely boring despite having three straight pay-per-view matches with Seth Rollins. So I, I might give Cody a, a nod just for being able to stick, to stick out in the mundanity and, and, sameness of WWE television this this year I think deserves maybe a special shout out there was a week or two there where I think they had him doing stuff with The Miz where it was like oh boy he's he's quickly becoming just part of the just part of the the cast of characters Mm -hmm. Uh, but then he he got hurt (laughs) and be not being on their TV, very good for you. <laughs> as far as being over, that is a that is a good thing. Yeah, I mean, again, Moxley cut a lot of good interviews this year. Punk as well, I thought had some had some very strong interviews this year. Uh, if you like low hanging fruit, Christian had some some funny bits there. Where he was making fun of Jungle Boy's mom and stuff. Um, again, and then you have like the Romans and the Brits uh, who are again are always talking on their TV shows and have, you know, are good characters and have a star quality to them, but uh, Jericho as well. Um, but I wouldn't necessarily say any of them. If the point, as we have often talked about on our show, is got me excited to watch them wrestle, um, yeah, I would probably give this to either Cody Rhodes or or maybe MJF. And MJF and Punk did some really good promos leading up to that dog collar match. So probably one of those for me. All right. All right. And from there, we will go to the best wrestling pay-per-view or show of the year. And in the finals, uh, AEW and New Japan's Forbidden Door defeated, uh, I don't know how this made the finals, Impact's Hard to Kill show. (laughs) Uh, the Stardom Grand Prix Finals. And people, were, people were ripping you, Liam. I really think so. So many impact things. I mean, it's my fault for putting them in the polls at all. But again, you you know, you're trying to make four polls with four options in each poll. You get to the point you're like, I don't know. Let me think of something weird to put in this one. <laughs> but anyway, Forbidden Door defeated Hard to Kill, uh, the Stardom Grand Prix Finals, and the first night of WrestleMania 38. Uh, elsewhere was the second night of WrestleMania 38, uh, the two nights of Wrestle Kingdom, uh, All Out, Death Before Dishonor, the G1 Finals, SummerSlam, Supercard of Honor, 
Hell in a Cell, Capital Collision, Revolution, and uh, and Double or Nothing. So uh, Forbidden Door as the show of the year. Uh, what say you? Um, I know people did like that program. Mm-hmm. I all I remember is uh, Adam Cole getting hurt. So so I don't. Like I said, I'm probably not the best one to ask about these uh, uh, AEW shows, but um, I like Night Two of WrestleMania with Johnny Knoxville and Sami Zayn, the greatest wrestling match of all time. Beautiful. And the Mr. McMahon and Pat McAfee uh, <laughs> spectacle, the worst wrestling match of all time. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Big Bob Lashley and Omos had a match on that show. Oh yeah, they did. Edge and AJ Styles wrestled for 24 minutes. <laughs> I don't I don't remember that, that even happened. <laughs> was Charlotte and Ronda on night two or night one? They were on night one. Okay. They, right. Yeah. Night one was like w- world's better in the ring, but as like a sp- fun spectacle, night two was, was a really fun show. That was your that was your sports entertainment portion of the program. Yeah, that's got to what, see uh, Triple H come out, leave his boots in the ring, and hug his his family except for his wife. Yeah, I know you were uh, you were really rooting for a divorce there. Uh, still am, still am. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I don't. I I the Forbidden Door <laughs> show uh, sticks out to me because of the the Sting, Darby, and Shingo versus Young Bucks and El Phantasmo <laughs> match. A uh, few matches I had more fun watching than that one this year because uh, stop me if you've heard this before, but all I have ever wanted since Sting and Darby started having real tag matches in AEW is for them to wrestle the Young Bucks. They and refused to give it to you. They refused, but they almost gave it to me here. Um, it was supposed to be an eight man and then Hiromu got COVID, I think. Yeah. So it got switched to a, a six man and it all led to the best spot of the year, which is not a category, but I'm just declaring it the best spot of the year, which was uh, the Young Bucks hitting the double super kick and uh, Sting no selling it and beating his chest. <laughs> they super uh, kicked his shoulders. That's right. He's a very tall fella, you know? <laughs> but uh, yeah, that, that show was fun. I think maybe the Tanahashi Moxley match was a little underwhelming, but also, what do you, I mean, Tanahashi is held together by glue and tape at this point in his career. Yes. Um, yeah, the the Mania shows were good. That's that's the standout definitely for me as far as WWE shows go. Um, and then, honestly, like some of these shows, like I said, the stardom and impact ones I didn't watch, so I'm not going to be prepared to see that. You were live at that Capital Collision show. Um, it was fun, but like I remember a lot of heels winning on that show. Mm-hmm. Like Osprey, I think won the uh, U.S. title in the main event. I think, mm-hmm. or Juice Robinson maybe. Juice Robinson might have That's won right. then, and then he later dropped it to Osprey. But um, like they lay left Okada laying, <laughs> like big heat show. Yeah, it was weird because they were it was like sandwiched between the Chicago show and something else. Anyway. The, they were going to Philly for the show I went to the next day. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, overall, I would say 
I'll I I will give the nod to Forbidden Door mostly for the Sting and Young Bucks <laughs> interaction, but I don't disagree with you. I thought the both nights of Mania were wildly entertaining for different reasons. So, uh, I think those would have been would have been fine choices as well. I don't remember anything that happened on SummerSlam besides Bailey and uh, Dakota and, and EO coming back. Bailey oh. and Bianca wrestled and Becky dislocated her shoulder or separated her shoulder. Oh, uh, yeah. That's right. They had a good match. Yeah. Oh, and the main event was the Brock did the thing with the tractor or whatever. Yeah. Correct. Okay. okay. Yeah. I mean, that was, again, spectacle. It was fun. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'll, I think Forbidden Door is a, a, a fine choice for, for for show of the year. And SummerSlam was, of course, the first big show after Vince died. <laughs> yes, they did a 10-bell salute, I believe. Uh, yeah. And uh, <laughs> and then celebrated his memory by having a, a bulldozer. <laughs> yes. Upend, upend the ring. It's what he would have wanted. It is. It is. And then they got a Mattel toy out of that eventually. So, all right, perfect yeah. synergy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, moving on to our final category here, uh, we have the best match of 2022. And I will list the categories, and then I will list the match that I think is probably my pick. And also, I forgot to put in the polls because it happened on like the second day of January. Um, so Cody Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins in the Hell in a Cell match defeated in the finals. Sheamus versus Gunter at Clash at the Castle. Uh, acclaimed versus Swerve and Keith Lee from All Out. And the greatest wrestling match of all time, Sami Zayn versus Johnny Knoxville. Uh, elsewhere in the polls, there were the Briscoes versus FTR from WrestleMania weekend. Okada versus Osprey from the Tokyo Dome. The uh, Anarchy in the Arena, Crazy Brawl, uh, Kyrie versus Iwatani, uh, which is the first match to decide the first IWGP Women's Champion, uh, Punk versus MJF in the Dog Collar match, uh, Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch from WrestleMania, uh, Osprey versus Takagi from the G1, and the Bucks versus FTR from Dynamite, uh, Cody versus Rollins Hell in a Cell, match of the year. It's the it's the PWI pick to me. It's like uh-huh. it's the match I remember the most from the year. Sure. Uh, so in that it's it's the match of the year the way Hogan and Rock at WrestleMania 18 was the match of the year. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I like that. I think that's fair. Yeah. It was, it like, was like, yeah. It was very compelling. Um it's it's probably I it's the second best performance maybe I've ever seen Cody Rhodes have in a wrestling ring. <laughs> um, but it was, it was great. And Seth was really good in that match. The way they worked it around Cody's limitations was impressive. Uh, and yeah, like you said, it was, it was, it was very memorable. So I don't, I don't think that's necessarily a bad choice. Boy, I had a lot of fun watching Seamus and Gunther beat the crap out of each other though. That was, that was, that was a, that was a hoot. No arguments. That's something different. Yeah. Uh, and as we briefly touched on in our best show of the year, Sami Zayn versus Johnny Knoxville. <laughs> it's a miracle. Yes. I don't know how they did it, but it was great. The crowd was into it. They had all the other jackass guys run in. Yep. And it wasn't terrible. Nope. 
they had big props. Yep. And it worked. <laughs> Even the ones that didn't, like I think they had a like a big uh dick kicker or something. <laughs> yes. The big swinging dick kicker. I don't think that worked too well. <laughs> but but even the ones that didn't work well worked. Michael Cole had like the greatest call of his career in that match. Yes, without question. Um, it was incredible. It was, it's a, it was a just magnificent piece. It was also like the best built match. <laughs> yes, going into WrestleMania too. But it was, uh, yeah, it was just great. It built well because at first it's just kind of you know Sammy bullying Knoxville, and then you start pulling out the plunder. And then the run-ins start happening, and then the like the some of the famous like jackass stunt props start showing up, and and then the finish uh, is Sami Zayn getting <laughs> trapped in a giant novelty mouse trap and pinned. Yes, Knoxville took it exactly the right amount of uh, of not serious in his promos. Uh huh. And then when it came time to uh, like be in the Royal Rumble or let Sammy give him a haluba kick directly in the face. He went full Johnny Knoxville and full jackass and just let Sammy kick him directly in the face. It's like he is he was made for pro wrestling. Yeah, yeah, he's I hope he comes back. Like, I don't know if he could top what he and Sammy did, but yeah. Well, you can't top perfection in the greatest match in history. But, <laughs> but like, even if it's diminishing returns, uh, we should probably we should probably do it. Agreed. <laughs> I, I'm willing to chance because I'm not someone who believes that like a sequel to something ruins the first thing if it's not good, you know. So we'll always have this the greatest wrestling <laughs> match of all time. Right. But hey, why don't we why don't we try see if we can top it? Why not? Something more ridiculous. We peaked as an art form. <laughs> we did. Accurate. Accurate. Yeah. There. So that's that's the actual probable pick for, for genuinely. When I mean, I just said this about the Bucks match, but bar none, no other match this year did I have more fun <laughs> watching than than that one. I will say, as far as regular, more traditional wrestling matches, <laughs> that uh, including one that I did not. Not put in this poll because again I forgot about it. Uh Hangman Page versus Brian Danielson on like the first dynamite of the year. It was like January 2nd. Uh, it was like 35 minutes. Both guys bled. Uh it was a war and I loved that match. Um yeah. it's probably the highlight of Hangman's title reign. <laughs> sure. Uh it was coming off the 60 minute draw and Danielson was playing just enough of a heel that it felt pretty righteous when hangman finally gets his hand raised at the end there. Um, so that, that would be on the list. I did really like the, the first Briscoes and FDR match. I liked the bucks and FDR match too. Um, as we just talked about uh, the way people got into the acclaimed as like a top tier act was awesome and felt very organic. And it was coming at a time when it felt like the wheels were falling off. <laughs> Yes, in that company and they needed a win and so to have two guys that started out doing jobs on dark during the pandemic rise all the way to winning the tag titles although in that particular match they didn't but it it is what that that match is what led to them winning him at the arthur ash show a couple weeks later so 
uh, yeah, that match probably deserves a shout out as being an important piece of AEW building like the top team in their division over the course of the year. But uh, yeah, it's 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 Zayn versus Knoxville in a runaway for me. Sure. Yeah, without question. All right, and that will uh, that'll bring us to the end of our polls. I guess I like to do one little like bonus uh, wild card for you. Is there something that sticks out to you, Ethan, as like the best thing in pro wrestling in in twenty twenty two? That can be like a post match, an interview, a, a storyline, anything in particular, other than Johnny Moxville versus Sami Zayn, that sticks out to you as like the best thing of twenty twenty two in wrestling for you. Um. Way to put me on the spot. I don't. Uh... <laughs> Gee, here, what do you like? Um, I like nothing. I really don't like anything. <laughs> I, I I don't know what to tell you. Um, tell you what, when uh Hunter took over uh, WWE and he's like, yeah, no, Becky Lynch is gonna be a babyface again. And uh, they let her cut her first promo like as as babyface Becky Lynch again, and she gave it like eighty uh, percent of her best, mm-hmm. and it was like the greatest thing we've seen in uh, in in <laughs> in WWE promos all year. And it's like, uh, oh yeah, there's there's uh, there's a reason probably why uh, why she shouldn't be a heel. I don't know. That's just off the top of my head. I don't really have anything. Uh, I don't really have anything. No, I think that works. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it comes down to uh, yeah, it might it might be the it might be the Bucks super kicking thing. That might be <laughs> that might be like my favorite thing in wrestling this year. Um, I just I've I've adored <laughs> I've adored Sting having this this multi year uh, run as a uh, as the uh, the stunt grandpa of AEW. So. I guess Sting is my is my favorite thing in wrestling in 2022. That's more than fair. Well, on that note, <laughs> I believe that does wrap us up. For, we've uh, done it again. We've done it again. We've we've gotten around 30 minutes of content out of reading a list of names, and we are just pros, pros at that. Uh, so I want to thank you, everybody, for listening. And uh, and uh, hey, we'll be back soon. When we have our next topical wrestling show, Ethan, you will have you'll have tales from uh, the the far east to share with us. Yeah, first time I'm uh, ever been outside the country. Huh? How about that? Yes. Yeah, I never have either. What do you know about that? Yeah. So uh, we'll have some thoughts from Ethan's live perspective on Wrestle Kingdom. And whatever else, maybe by the middle of January, WWE will start uh, shooting some angles and trying to build to uh, to the Royal Rumble. And, uh, you know, AEW is always going to be doing some stuff. So uh, and hey, maybe uh, maybe you'll get to see your your favorite wrestler debut in a new company at that show. So we'll uh, we'll be looking forward to talking about all of that on the next episode. But until next time, I'm Liam. I'm Ethan. And we'll be back soon with more stories from the wrestling life. Adios.
Thanks for listening. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Now, here are this week's bonus features. Well, you can't see me, but I'm tipping my cap, waving to the fans. <laughs> You're asking them not to send you any more fan mail like Ring- Ringo Starr did that yes, one time. Exactly. Just taking a curtain call after hit a game winning home run. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, old chap, we've done it again. <laughs> oh, another win for the boys. <laughs> Oh, great. It's great. It's great. There's that tweet that came out last year, at the end of last year. It's like, there's nothing that dudes love more than to sit around and remember some sports names. Yep. <laughs> but that's I what care. these shows are. Yep. <laughs> say some names, say some matches. The excitement, the energy, the magic is about to happen. And the man is going to do it for us right now. Let's go to the master. It is the time for Dick Clark to take over and count us down. Dick. Thank you, my friend. Now, the moment we've all been waiting for. Let's come right up. You're going to hear the roar of the crowd. And believe me, you will never, ever forget it. Are you ready? Count it down. Ready? Okay, here we go now. 24, 23, 22, 21, 20, 19, 18, 17, 16, 15, 14, 13, 12, 11, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Happy New I try to keep on keeping on.